This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Carrie DePhillips, who is the founder and CEO of The Content Factory, a digital PR agency that specializes in SEO and represents several national and international brands. She's also the co-founder of Workationing and the co-host of the Workationing Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Okay, well, I guess there's two parts to that. The first is the content factory part, and then the second is the workationing part. So I'll start with the content factory. Uh, Right after college, I got my start in advertising, which was kind of my dream job, and I loved it, and everything was sunshine and rainbows until my boss started sexually harassing me. And uh, so I reported him, and it was just an uncomfortable situation. Um, Around the same time, I had started freelance writing. Uh, I had some friends who were freelance writers, and they kind of showed me the ropes. And after my whole, I don't like my boss anymore, debacle, uh, it took me about three months to replace my income uh, in advertising with freelance writing, which was great because then I also didn't have to commute to and from downtown every day. I didn't have to pay $240 a month for the privilege of parking downtown per month uh, to park downtown every day. And uh, I also got to skip the get ready routine, which I've got a challenging hair texture. So it took or takes me rather about an hour to get ready, uh, let's say office ready. Um, So I, I got to reclaim that time by working from home. And within a year or so, I grew my business to the point where I needed to start hiring other people. And the Content Factory was born in 2010. And we've been going strong ever since then. And I set up the company to be entirely remote from the beginning. I now have a dozen employees spread out over seven states. I am primarily based in Amsterdam. Right now, I'm coming to you from Turkey, Antalya, Turkey. I travel a lot uh, and am, I guess, a full-time digital nomad, although my home base is, like I said, in Amsterdam. Uh, a couple years ago, uh, I decided to create Workationing, the podcast and also the brand. After working from home for seven years-ish, um, I had traveled a lot, but I got to thinking while I was on a beach in Mexico with one of my friends and coworkers, uh, why can't it always be like this? And so January 1st, 2017, we, uh, Kelly Chase, my workationing co-host and I, we got on a plane and we went to Puerto Rico and we spent about a month at a time in different countries, traveling around the world and working and recording our adventures on the podcast. Um, Still workationing, still loving that, and now I'm, uh, in addition to being an SEO expert and the runner of the content factory, I uh, am also an evangelist for the work from home or anywhere lifestyle. No, that's great. Um, 
pretty much fully remote as well. And I think a lot of companies are going that route because they can uh, tap a lot of talent. And not necessarily in the sense, like you said, your employees are stateside. A lot of people go the route of outsourcing overseas, but you can still have a, a strong US-based company where you know all your employees are spread out across the country. And then maybe you meet you know, once every six months somewhere and something like that, and it still runs smoothly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't had any problems. And actually there are some people who have worked for me for five plus years that are full-time employees, uh, they've got benefits, and I don't, other than their headshot, I have no idea what they look like. I've never met them in person, although we work together closely. And uh, it, it works for me, honestly. And I, it, like you said, it enables you to have, your talent pool becomes unlimited. Uh, you're not limited by the talent that's in your area. Um, and for me, that has enabled me to hire really, really killer people that if I were still in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where I initially founded the content factory, I, I wouldn't be able to have those resources on tap. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that is very important. And like with the changing technology uh, and the changing state of the economy, there's a lot of freelancers, uh, people that are remote and would like that kind of lifestyle. So companies aren't necessarily forced uh, to adapt, but go that route to accommodate top talent. Yeah, there are some really, really talented people who will never work in a cubicle again. And I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm happy to enable that lifestyle. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it's changing your mindset too, going from kind of an office setting to either like you're doing, you know, traveling and working or just being fully remote in a stationary location. It's sometimes an adjustment period, it's it's worthwhile at, at this point, if I go somewhere and I sit in traffic for more than 15 minutes, it's like, how did I ever do this before? <laughs> right? Yeah, I totally feel you on that one. And and for women in particular, uh, yeah, I mentioned my get ready routine takes about an hour. Uh, I, I calculated it and on average, my each member of my staff saves about 500 hours per year getting ready to do work that they're all ready to do and can do in their yoga pants and top knot, no makeup, no judges on my side of things, if that's how you want to work. Uh, that's how I prefer to work. But for women in particular, it's, I firmly believe that remote work is kind of a way to level out the wage gap and to, again, reclaim that time that their male counterparts aren't, they're not spending an hour every day getting ready. No, I agree. And you made a good point about that save time. There's so much save time to do things that you don't have to on your free time. So things like running errands or reading or self-help or, you know, self-building in terms of motivational stuff. So you have all that extra time that's at the end of the day, time's the most important commodity and you're getting a lot of it back in that structure. Yes. And it's also great for parents on staff as well. So it, a lot of the parents on my team really enjoy the fact that they work from home because they get to spend more face time with their kids. They get to be there when their kids come home from school or they get to, you know, be there for the important milestones like the kids taking the, their first steps. That's not something that's happening at a daycare center. That's something that's happening in their own home and they're there to watch it. No, I agree. I'm a uh, foster parent and with all the, you know, court cases and doctor's visits and stuff. If, you know, I worked in an office, usually it would be in the metro area. I would have to go to New York City or Philadelphia because I'm kind of stuck in between. 
I would never have the the time to, you know, drop everything and run to daycare or, you know, have all these days I would have to take off in terms of uh, court cases and things of that nature. Right. Yeah, it, it, there, there are just a ton of benefits to working from home. And I think that a lot of people have this vague idea that they'd like to work from home or dot, 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 wherever, but they're not quite sure how to make it happen. And so that's something that we teach people how to do with workationing. I am a digital marketing expert. Uh, SEO is my particular, I guess, bag. <laughs> I, I'm huge into SEO. Uh, and it's done wonderful things for my company and for our clients, but digital marketing in general, it's easy to break into the industry. In fact, I don't even have a college degree. I'm part of the dropout club, and I was worried that it was going to negatively impact my career. In fact, it really hasn't at all. If you're able to develop the skill sets in order to provide value for your clients or your employer, and you're able to do so on a consistent basis, what the person cutting the check at the end of the day, what they care about is what what value are you able to deliver? And is that value worth more to them than the money that they're paying you? And if you can consistently keep those numbers in the positive or that value that you create in the positive, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you have a master's in architecture. Uh, as I like to say, uh, the back door is open and nobody's watching the gate. You can make a break for it at any time. And uh, there's really, there's no barrier to entry with digital marketing and you can teach yourself these skills to enable yourself to, I guess, untether your life and be able to work from home or wherever. No, I definitely agree with that. It's, it's very important to have that freedom. So what motivates you to succeed? Well, now I've got a lot of responsibilities. As I said, I've got I've got a dozen people who work for me, and I feel the weight of that. <laughs> I need to make sure that everyone uh, that their paychecks clear and that the clients are happy, so those paychecks keep clearing. Um, that definitely motivates me. I am just a hyper competitive person in general. Uh, I I love creating monthly client reports that have arrows that are very much green and pointing upwards. Uh, I like watching how many keywords my site ranks for and also uh, our client sites rank for and watching those numbers grow up what watching the traffic go up and also watching the leads and sales go up as well so th that's a huge motivating factor for me i like to be good at what i do and as you said having that time for self-improvement and having the time to be able to consistently uh level up your skills or make sure that they're sharp uh that's very important and this lifestyle has enabled me to do that on a consistent enough basis that i started the content factory with 500 dollars and some seo skills in 2010 our website now generates i think it's something like $1.2 million worth of organic traffic every year. Uh, we get a lot of clients that come to us. All of our clients essentially either come to us through SEO or word of mouth. So once you figure out what works for you and you see the results and those results are positive, it, the motivation to keep going and to see where else you can take it just kind of comes naturally, at least to me. No, I agree. I think it's important to have that kind of motivation and obviously things in life, you reach a point or it's a continuous journey where, you know, you achieve something and it's measurable. So looking obviously at the success of your company, I actually started in SEO as well. So I'm passionate about it and kind of branched out to other things like paid search, paid social, analytics, content strategy and stuff like that. But, you know, that's what defines you, those results. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's fun. Uh, it, there's definitely like, if you put X into the machine, then Y is going to be spit out at the other end. And once you know what that formula is, then you're able to kind of optimize your efforts to optimize your result. I, I love the, that aspect of digital marketing. No, I do as well. And it's ever-changing, obviously, it's an ever-changing field and climate. Um, I got into it 2009. So in terms of search engines and how they were then and how you can rank and how easy it was um, right. to today, it's there's a lot of other things and search engines have evolved. Things like, you know, now there's home assistance to optimize and mark up websites to get pulled into things like Amazon Alexa and Google HomePod. So you have to constantly keep relearning and being the top of your craft. Yeah, and if you don't, then you're going to find out that the efforts, that X that you put into the machine uh, results in a much smaller Y at the output side of things. No, I agree. So what's one thing that you may have struggled with in the past that you've taken and harnessed and turned it into a strength? Fear of failure, uh, imposter syndrome, I would say. Uh, that imposter syndrome's a real bitch sometimes, you know? But uh, when you're worried that you don't know enough, then it, for me, the next logical step is, okay, well then go acquire that knowledge so that you can do better for yourself and do better for your clients. And that really drove me to consistently stay learning um, and stay on top of not just SEO, but now I've got management <laughs> got to deal with, you know? And so learning about all of those types of things and how to grow a business. I, I didn't get into business to necessarily grow a business, but uh, here I am. And I wanted to make sure that I had all of the tools and resources and knowledge that I needed and also the team that I needed in order to grow the business because it, apparently that's the direction I was going. So let's run hard at it. And uh, that self-doubt that maybe you're not good enough. Well, okay, if that's what you feel like, then how do you get to the point where you do feel good enough? For me, again, that was research and knowledge. So consistently staying on top of that game uh, has been really beneficial to me. And it's also been a key driver of my success. I agree. And I think that's uh, oftentimes the, the greatest barrier to entry to anything, self-doubt or not making that first step or that first jump where you think you're not ready or you have a, you know, a range of other excuses where you could just jump in and trial by error and learn as you go. Right. You're never going to be ready. Who, who's ever ready for basically anything? that's adult and scary. Uh, so then the next question becomes, well, how do you make yourself feel as ready as possible? And pushing through the fear to get to the other side of it, which in many cases on the other side of the fear is a goal that you have. So go ahead and push through it. Even if you fail, you'll learn something in the process. And best case scenario, which knock on wood tends to be the most likely scenario on the other side of that fear is a goal achieved so moving toward that is something that I encourage people to do a lot on the workationing podcast and also in the workation Facebook group and just like also in in general in life <laughs> yeah I think regardless of what circumstance or situation in life you go through if you have it as a learning experience whether the thing was negative or positive you get something from it 
become stronger to deal with the things that come at the next level. So you said, you know, you left a, a full-time job, you started your own company, and now you're basically a digital nomad and your company's remote. So all those things prepared you to where you are now. Yeah, it was one step at a time, and sometimes it wasn't even a step with a clear direction in mind. It was just a, well, I have to take this step now in order to get to the next level. So I guess that's what I'm going to do. And what I found on the other side of taking all of those sometimes scary steps was a, a lot of freedom. And then once I had this freedom, the question became, well, what do I want to do with it? And for me, that meant traveling the world. We get one time on this earth, or I'm of the opinion that that's the case. And so how do you make the most of it? And how do you have the most impact? And how do you see all the things that you want to do and do all of the things that you want to do and create those memories that uh, are priceless, not to be cheesy? Yeah, I agree. And every time you kind of level up, there's, there's challenges at every level. So you're going to go through something that prepares you for the next thing. You move up, you move up. Ideally, obviously, people... Some people remain stagnant, some people are complacent, but if you're motivated and focused on, you know, reaching that next goal, that's kind of the path. Yeah, sometimes you're really gonna face plant, and that's okay. And sometimes you're gonna face plant in new and exciting ways that you never saw coming. But how you, how quickly and if you pick yourself up and dust yourself off and try, if not that same thing again, then something different again, try something different. Uh, based off of the experience and lessons that you learn through your face plant, uh, that determines, I guess, where you go in life and also how much you're able to achieve. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's being able to be self-aware, learning, pivoting, and having that emotional resilience to move on as fast as possible. A hundred percent. Yes. So what's one thing you can leave with the audience in terms of advice, personal or professional? Oh, <laughs> No, uh, this is a difficult question and it's, it depends on who's asking the question, I guess. Uh, don't let, if I had to just generalize it, I would say don't let anything hold you back from the things that you want to do, whether that's uh, fear of failure or imposter syndrome or an asshole boyfriend who keeps telling you you can't do something or procrastination or general laziness, or, you know, insert your particular issue here. Life, in my opinion, is about identifying those things that are holding you back and then working to remove them from your life. Or if you can't remove them from your life, then create the tools or find the tools and resources that you need to be able to circumvent those obstacles. Because on the other side, of that fear or imposter syndrome or laziness or procrastination or pick your poison, right? Again, is a goal that's, that's there to be achieved and it's just waiting for you. Uh, again, the door's open, nobody's watching that gate, you can make a break for it. And so many people get complacent, as you were just saying. And a lot, of, I get a lot of fan mail, what's weird to say, <laughs> but I do. Uh, and questions from listeners and blog readers who are interested in, well, how did you do this? And I, I want to become a digital nomad too. How do I go about doing that? And in most cases, it's just about taking that next best or the next step in your own self-interest uh, and consistently doing that and having your eye on the prize and not letting those obstacles get in your way. 
Yeah, and, and not being afraid to to be like everyone else or follow a traditional path that society is telling you or that's been the path for 50, 60 years, basically doing what you want to do and what you're passionate about and figuring with that out as fast as possible. And obviously having that being able to support yourself with your passion. And to be clear, there is no way to do, if you can find me somebody who has achieved any level of success or accomplish their goals and big hairy goals with without failure i would without fear rather I, I, and also probably failure i would like to meet that person uh there's gonna be fear uh life is freaking scary sometimes i am regularly terrified but gotta push through that and see what's on the other side no, I agree. Well, I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Sure. Uh, you can catch me on the Workationing podcast. Uh, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, basically everywhere you can catch your favorite podcast. Uh, we also have a Facebook group. If you search, well, it's just facebook.com slash groups slash Workationing. My company is called The Content Factory. You can find me at contentfac.com fac.com uh, we also have content fact on twitter facebook i'm on linkedin search for carrie to phillips <laughs> uh, it's your girl i'm there i will uh, connect with just about anyone so shoot me a connection request awesome thanks again for stopping by thanks again for having me This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.